And now we are recording. You're, you know I love you very much, but you're a huge pain in my ass. So they say. I love you back, though. <laughs> <sighs> the Polagrassi. Hey. What an incredible story we have. And I can't wait to hear your story because for those that don't know this amazing, beautiful woman, we've known each other since we were 15 years old. Is that crazy? And I'm 15? only 25, so it's not that long. But Well, I'm only 22, so... Isn't that incredible, though? I know. It's amazing. That's a, that's when I talk a strong ab- friendship. When I talk about you to people, whether they're new friends, old friends, it's it's a very beautiful thing, and I love you very much. Thank you. I appreciate that. I love I you, ha- I have um, friends now that have kids that are the age that we were at when we met, and I'm Crazy. like, damn. But I, I love know. it because... I feel like being the people that we were, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel that it's okay to stereotype, right? And a lot of the people that we knew the way that they were kind of in high school or even post-high school, a lot of those characteristics still play to who they are now, yeah? Yes. And you've always been an incredible human being. You have probably been the most consistent on you, you were probably the first person that I ever, truly ever experienced like real unconditional love with. Yeah, like. Yep. Agreed. And our quick little story is how to think about when I was a little boy to come to you as my girlfriend and say, "There's a girl that likes me," and you go, "You have to go, you have to go date her." Remember that? I, I will never forget how that was it was a sweet thing to do and to believe in me you were I like you were the epitome of what we talked about like people talk about like my my girlfriend or my significant other is like my best friend but a lot of that's not usually the case right you you really were my best friend and I remember like playing off you and thinking like yo Paula like this girl's got a crush on me what do I do and you're like you gotta go and go for it uh, I think even though there's a large gap of missing time, which I don't know if you're willing to get into today, is that kind of the point too? We're gonna absolutely because you're very loved, and you're Thank very you. um, and I speak for probably the the entire humanity. You're an amazing, incredible human being, woman, and I've loved you since Thank the day I met you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So um, let's jump into some of the. I I'm gonna bridge the gap from Paula Grassi grows up in Palm Compton, right? But you always, <laughs> you always had a feeling, a look, and a vibe that wasn't really Palm Coast-y-ish. <laughs> You're this beautiful Italian girl who came from this Italian family. You're the oldest Correct. sister of two. Um, you've always had style and swag, but you kind of always had that, that northerner feel and vibe, right? And then... Yeah where I'm sure a lot of people lose contact with you, excluding your immediate homies, the Megans, the Brianne's, Brianne's and the, but you graduate high school. And for those that don't know, let's pick it up from there if you want. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, as you mentioned, um, I was born in New York. I moved to Palm coast. I, uh, lived my childhood in Palm coast through high school, um, 
and I got into a bad car accident when I was 16. Um, prior to that, though, uh, I was a party girl on the weekends with my crew, you know? We all did a little bit of this, did a little bit of that. It seemed harmless. Everybody's doing it, you know? But even now, when I look back, I remember my close friends saying to me, Paula, it's time to stop. It's time for us to go to bed. Saturday night's over. We're long into Sunday. And we're all done, and you're still trucking along, you know? And back then, it, I was like a kid, 16 years old, and like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. I'm just enjoying myself, you know? Um... So that went on for quite some time where I just partied on the weekends. Um, so I thought there was no harm in it. Um, and then Your I car got accident. Car accident. Was that with was that with Mike? No. Were you in the car? Um, Why do I have faint oh, foggy memory of this? So Mike was in a bad car accident. Okay. Yes. Uh, he was in a coma, all that, but I was I not in that. the car with him. Yes. Okay, what was yours? Um, Why do I not remember Mine yours? was with Brian and Megan and Candace. Um, oh. We had went out drinking. Um, I was 16. We went out drinking. Candace was the only one with a license. She was a year older than us. This was Candace Kohler or? No. Um, Candace... Oh, oh, her. the the blonde, the pretty blonde that everyone was in love no, with. No, that's Candace Rowe. No, um, Candace Rowe. I, I want to say Candace Rowe too because I hung out with her, but no. Can't well, we don't get si- I don't gotta get sidetracked on that. I just I remember right. I, I, I I remember she was very tall and skinny with short hair. That I okay. remember though. But anyway, in your Anyways, driving. No, me and Brian are in the back seat. Megan's in the passenger seat. And Candace is driving, and we are out in what they call the country. Okay. Um, where I believe Skeeter Go had some kind of party. Uh-huh. And we all attended. My parents thought I was at the movies. Um, we were drinking. And on the way home, we got into a car accident, and I broke my nose, and I got some back issues from mm-hmm. that car accident. Where was it again? So, I remember this now, but where were you on US-1? Do you remember where you were? You know what? I don't. All I know is pitch black and, yeah. uh, you know, Peter right, so, decided he was going to go ahead of us and park his car and turn the lights off, and we didn't see him, and she bashed into his truck and then into a tree. Um, but that's besides the point. Uh, so... I, the next morning, my parents took me for reconstructive plastic surgery on my nose. That was underneath my eye for 24 hours. So once that was done, um, I had no issues with my nose, but I had back problems. And um, I remember getting medication from a doctor, and I didn't take it for the first couple of years because I was underneath my mother and father's care and my mother wasn't going to give me painkillers. And then I moved out with Mike um, when I was 18, I think. Mm -hmm. And we dabbled on the weekends. 
and now I was out of my parents' care, so my dabbling went from Friday and Saturdays to Wednesdays and Thursdays, and then Mondays and Tuesdays, and um, I went back to that doctor that prescribed me that medication because my back was hurting, and I realized that I could use this medication to be, get back relief, but I could also get screwed up off of it. So I abused the pills, and um, I did that for quite some time, a couple of years. Then, um, th and that was what was called a Loratab back then. Then this thing came out, uh, Oxycontin, which usually only cancer patients take. And here I was sniffing them on a regular basis. Um, and then I, back then, we're talking about 15 years ago, um, you could walk right into a doctor's office with an MRI of your back and it was like a pill mill in Florida at the time and they were prescribing everybody like the same prescription. I was getting I was getting over 400 pills a month prescribed to me legally and I was probably eating double of that. Um, I was doing my script, your script, and everyone else's script. I was taking people to the doctors, paying them to go so I could have their script. I mean, it was a real. Were you selling crazy them to them at the time? Um, I was not, um, but someone in my life was. Okay. Um, uh, at one point, I was. Um, not in the beginning, though. Then I decided that I was going to move to South Florida. I originally moved to South Florida with Mike. That was where he was from. Breen and Jay moved to. We both lived on the same block. Them at the end of the block. Uh, us at the beginning of the block. Um, I've always been a hairstylist. I've been a hairstylist for 16 years, so I worked in a salon. Mike owned his own business. He was doing that. Life seemed good. But I was sniffing these pills every single day, you know? Not a lot of people knew at the time because I, you know, got up and played the part, got dressed, went to work. Um, I was productive and functioning off of this medication. And when I look back now, I don't know how. I don't know how people didn't know. Um, and then uh, him and I split up. We both moved back to Palm Coast. And then I decided... Six months later, I was going to move back to South Florida, but I was going to move in with Brian and Jay. And that's really where the trouble started. Not because of them, but um, I met a guy, uh, just a friend, who hooked me up with this doctor. And when I tell you uh, what this doctor was prescribing me every single month, it was insane. And then I realized I could get high, not feel any pain, and make money off of it. So it, it was just like a, a very terrible cycle. Um, and my life proceeded that way for like three years. Then I couldn't take it anymore. If I didn't take it, I would get physically ill. I was completely addicted to these pills. And um, I went to my mom on Christmas Eve one year and said, I need help. So she, mind you, 
that during all of this, my parents have split up. Um, my sister is young at the time. Um, I kind of left her hanging, you know, you know, these are, you know, all things that I, I, I've thought about now in recovery. Um, you know, uh, everybody had their own thing going on at the time. And I was in such in my own world that, uh, I was oblivious to anything else going on. I just, you know, needed to know where I was getting my next high at the time. Right. And, um, so I went to my mom, told her I had a problem. What are we, like 22, 3, 4? I am 23. <laughs> I am 23 at the time. And I tell my mom I have a problem. She calls my uncle that lives in New York and says, I'm shipping her up to New York, get her in a rehab. So when I was 23 years old, I came to New York. Um, I slept at my uncle's house. And the next day, he drove me to my first rehab. Um, I went out in the Hamptons in New York. There's a rehab out there called Seafields. And I remember my parents were paying out of pocket. And on the seventh day, I called my mom and said, I'm... Hold on. You're glitchy. See? This is a big part. So on the seventh day, I lost it here. Can you hear me? See? Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh,
Can you hear me? go i'm sorry yeah that was my alarm on my phone <laughs> yeah i told you put do not disturb on you bum i did but your alarm still goes through do not disturb all right well let's just i'm gonna have to edit that out Ugh. Okay. gosh um you're seven days in you're at the hamptons at the this yeah. treatment center parents are paying out of pocket for Correct. it and you bum yeah you call your mom, and, or you do. You, what happens? You leave. I remember. Remember. I remember hearing about this too. So you leave. Yeah. Now, so I call my mom seven days in, and I say I'm cured. I don't know anything about addiction at of this course. point. I just know that these pills I've been taking for a couple years they make me sick. You know. Right. So seven days in, I call my mom. I say I want to leave, and she lies and tells me, "Daddy already paid for the whole next week. You have to stay." And Smart. out of guilt, I stayed because I thought, meanwhile, you couldn't do that. You had to pay per day, you know, right. when you're paying out of pocket. So I stayed for 14 days. I got out. I thought I was cured. However, I met a friend in there, hmm. mm-hmm. and the day I got out, the day I got out, I said I was going to a, an AA meeting with this person. The day I got out, I smoked weed, um, and I thought that was no big deal. Um, and by the next day, I was asking him where I could get pills. And now I'm in New York, and he's telling me, I don't know where to get pills, but I know where I can get some heroin. And How many days did you end up doing the treatment? 14 days, which is not enough for an... I, I mean, for me, it was not enough. I don't know about anybody else's story. But for someone who's addicted to pills every single day for years, 14 days is not going to reverse that. Right. So um, I wind up doing heroin with this person. And um, I proceeded to do that. 
uh, he shot me up in the back of my leg because I didn't know how to do anything like that. Um, I proceeded to do that for a couple days. And then I now, while I was in rehab, my mother, my sister, and my now brother-in-law all moved to New York. My father and my boyfriend at the time, Mike, are in Florida. I decide New York is not for me. Uh, I'm going back. I get on a plane. I go back to Florida. I go right back to the same habits. I move back in with him. And um, and now, mind you, in the nine years that him and I dated, we were on for like the first six. And then the last couple of years, when I tell you on and off a million times, because we were toxic for one another. Um, he definitely was my first love, but it was a kid love. You know what I mean? It was not, uh, I thought then it was, this was going to be the man I was going to spend my life with. Um, but, um, you know, we have both had such bad drug problems that there was no way we could ever be together. So anyways, I moved back to Florida. I proceed to do that for another year back on pills. Um, and my life is really going down the shitter at this point. I stop working. My dad is now going to move to New York. Um, and, uh, I decide that him and I need to split up. He got in trouble. He's going to prison for three years anyways. At this time, he had a, a date. He had to turn himself in. So on the same day, we pack up our house. He goes to Tennessee to stay with his dad until the date he has to turn himself in. And I go with my dad and we move to New York. Um, your phone was... My parents are... Your phone was glitching earlier. You had said he was your first love. I think you meant second love. So I... Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, second. Yeah, okay. second love. Just making sure. So, just making sure. Um, so now we're moving. We're going are, in, You're going in. Yeah. I remember all this. So now you're going back to... Me, Ed my dad, and my dog get in a U-Haul with my sister's car attached and drive to New York because we have a house full of stuff. My sister's car comes off the thing when we're going over some huge bridge. Okay. It was a disaster. It was a disaster. Um, my dog has never seen snow before. Every time we stop, I have to let him out. Which dog was this bathroom. one? This is Gage. Oh, this is Gage, yeah, my yeah, dog yeah, that yeah. I had for third, that I got with Mike. Yeah. Um, but Mike was going away, and, you know. So, uh, we get to New York. Um, my parents are divorced, but stay cordial. Right. Um, you know, my childhood was rocky, you know, but we're a very close-knit family and nothing can break this family man when i tell you there ain't nothing like my family there's nothing like it you know so um they did what they had to do as parents you know to children that have d divorced parents you know and they were not perfect they were not um but they did their best that they knew how you know um anyway so now we're all in new york um and my dad goes back into business for himself, takes on my sister and my brother-in-law, and I meet a guy here who I proceed to spend eight years of my life with, another man that I definitely did love, um, but 
I ruined him. <laughs> um, he was not a drug addict when I met him, and I was clean. I was in, well, halfway clean. I was clean off of street drugs, but I was in uh, something that's called the methadone clinic, which was to keep me off of doing opiates. And they lower you in dose as you, you know, are there for a longer extended period of time. And one day he came home and said he hurt his back and I was on a low dose of methadone and I knew that I would feel something if I did it on a low dose. So I said, let's go get some pills. And that was it. Uh, Him and I became full blown into pills. And then one day I came home with heroin and he walked in on me doing it and we got into a huge fight and, um, you know, when you're an addict though, you succumb to things. So he eventually started doing it with me and him and I lived a life of, I mean, way worse than what I ever experienced in Florida. Um, I was a full blown heroin addict for almost a decade of my life. I got up every day, took shower, got dressed, and I went to work. Um, but every day after work, he did the same. He was in the union. Um, you know, in New York, they have unions. Uh, but every dollar that we had, we paid our little bills that we had, and every other dollar went to drugs. You know? Um, so... Uh, that's how we proceeded for a very long time. Our relationship quickly went down the drain. We stayed with each other, though, out of comfort and because we were each other's best friend and because the rest of our families were living life and we needed each other to continue with our drug use. Um, and then uh, I, my mother got cancer in 2018 and I could not deal. So I picked up a substance on top of a substance and my life took a real turn for the worse. He went to jail um, and I was out of my mind. I mean, out of my mind. Um, I stopped working. I was, my only goal was to wake up do what I had to do to not be sick and do drugs all day long, no matter what the consequences were, no matter who I hurt, no matter, it didn't matter. Nothing mattered. I didn't matter. I didn't care about me. If I would have died, oh well. Um, that was, then I believe that was my journey. This is my journey. This is what my life was made to be. Someone You know, there are some people that are meant to live a a fulfilling, happy, loving life. Mine was that. That's not what I was created for. That's what I told myself. And when my mother had cancer, I ran from it. Um, I was unable to support her in any way. Um, My sister, however, uh, picked up the slack. This girl dealt with a full-blown drug addict sister who was out of her mind and a mother who had stage three lung cancer and on top of running a business with my father and newborn. so that she had a lot of uh no not yet not okay, yet okay. not yet but 
close though, close. Um, something my mother could never do for me was give me tough love and I don't blame her for that at all because I know what kind of person I am and if I had a child like me, I probably couldn't do it either. Um, and my father really just turned his head to it, whatever my mother said he did, old school Italian, you know, like wanted to slap it out of me, didn't understand, you know. Um, but my sister and my brother-in-law did something that saved my life. They gave me a, a tough love. And because of that, I was arrested. Um, and I went to jail for, I've, I had never been in jail in my life. And I went to jail for three and a half months. And coming from what I come from, uh, it was very shocking to everybody that I was in jail. Like, even when I look back now, I can't believe that I went to jail. You know, like... So I was there for three and a half months on a on what's called a remand because I was on probation because previously when I was with Danny, I him and I got arrested with a huge amount of heroin on us. And because I had never been arrested before, I went to the precinct and I got bailed out by my parents. I went through court uh, from t that arrest in 2015 to 2018. And in 18, they put me on probation. I could not stay clean. And then my sister had me arrested. And I was on a remand. I did three and a half months in Nassau County Jail. Let me tell you something. That is not a place you ever want to be. Ever. Um, but I am a very resilient person. And I knew I was going to get out. I knew that I could turn my life around. So I did what I had to do for those three and a half months, stayed close with my family, spoke to them on the phone multiple times a day, and I played spades all day long um, to keep myself occupied. Um, I would work out in my cell, do whatever I had. I read a lot. Um, but I will tell you something. Um, a lot of people turn their backs on addicts. Um, they don't understand that they're not doing it to hurt anybody because even though they wind up hurting people along the way, they're really hurting themselves the most. And um, one thing my family never did was turn their back on me. I mean, and I put them through hell, Vincent. I mean, hell. When I tell you hell, hell. I stole, I lied, I cheated, I did whatever I had to do to get the next fix. And it didn't matter. Nobody was standing in my way. But they never lost hope in me because they knew who I was deep down inside and that this substance was not who I am, you know? So, um, when I got out three and a half months later, I was mandated to a nine to 12 month program. And at the time, it felt like the end of the world. I was 32 years old when I went into this program. I came out when I was 33, and I have not touched heroin one time since then, and I am 37 today. Um, I have had hiccups along the road, um, but never with that. Um, and I'm talking... Uh, like I did blow on a Friday night 
and then didn't look at it again for months. Not that that's okay, but it's an important part of my story because since I left that rehab, I have made my life what it is today, and my life is literally out of my wildest dreams. I never thought, if you would have asked me five years ago, I would have told you I would have been either in prison or in the ground dead. Um, I got out of that um, rehab uh, in um, 2019. I graduated from there. I did nine and a half months where I could not walk out the door because if I did, I was getting locked up. Um, and I have been working my recovery since that very day. Um, I am in an outpatient now, um, where it started off six days a week and now I go two days a week. I like to make a meeting when I can. Right now, I'm an outpatient two days a week. So um, there is a Thursday night meeting that I do enjoy close by my house. I'd be lying if I said I made it there every Thursday. Um, and I do not um, work a recovery of where my life is perfect, and I am an AA guru. I don't, and I would be lying if I said I did. Now, um you have to do what works for you. And some of my closest friends that I met in rehab that I am friends with till this day that have become sisters to me go every day because that's what works for them. Um, they don't have a family that I have and they're not in the relationship I am now. Um, and they don't keep themselves quite as busy as I do. Um, I am truly Lori Grassi's daughter when it comes to that. Um, I never stop. I'm always going. If I'm not working, I'm doing something else. Um, and uh, I'm about to move out into my own place. Um, it took me a very, I mean, I lived with Mike in Florida when I was young for years. And then I reverted backwards because that's what drugs do to you. Um, I am currently still a hairstylist of 16 years. I will always do hair because it's what I love to do and I happen to be very good at it. But I have been working for Grassy Paving for the last three years, helping run the office. I love my family dearly and I want nothing for but success for them. But this is a temporary situation. It's not for me. And I am currently trying to get back into school um, because I'm going to go for drug counseling. So I'm in the middle of doing that right now. Um, and, uh, my, my story is very tough, you know, in order, it was tough for, in order for me to get where I am today, but, um, I'm truly a happy person today. And that's, that's really just the key. I used to, um, I wanted to say this, uh, fear was a big thing for me. I feared waking up in the morning. I feared um, being sick. I feared disappointing my family. I feared never be getting married or having a family of my own. I feared life. And just the other day I was thinking to myself, I don't think there's one thing in life I fear anymore because I have been through it all. There's not anything I fear 
because I know that if I just stay the straight and narrow, there's not one obstacle I cannot get through. If I could get through what I have been through and not be in prison or dead, then bring it on because the man upstairs, let me tell you, that's someone who said, I, I, I have all the faith in the world in you and you were designed for a much better life than the one that you're living and we're going to get you there. I tell people all the time, God had to have me arrested and mandated to a program because I could not do it myself. I had been in and out of rehabs 10 times before I was mandated and I never stayed. The longest I ever stayed was that first 14 days. I think once or twice I walked in and within 24 hours I walked out. So um, I'm a lucky girl and um, I work a recovery every single day to make sure that I stay that way. And my heart breaks for the ones that are still struggling. And I told myself that if I did this podcast that if it reached even one person and helped them to realize that there are success stories out there, then I did my job. I love you. I love you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. One of the questions I had, the only question that I have that I never understood, and maybe this is a good opportunity for you to help to resonate with other people that are dealing with addiction do you have you ever thought my what why what was it what was it that was were you running were you I could never explain that to myself for someone who's loved you for as long as I have and you've been the you've been the most one of the most amazing people in my life I would have never thought in a million years that it, that that bug would have got you what what was it? What was it that? Um, so I, I've asked my, myself that a million times in my life. And I want to say that it started off innocently. People were partying, so I did as well. And then I enjoyed it more than the normal person. So that's where that question comes in. Why did I enjoy escaping myself so much? I wanted to escape my reality, probably. I wanted to escape the fact that my, my family had problems. I wanted to escape the fact that my, my parents were going to get divorced. I wanted to escape the fact that I wasn't living this white picket fence life that people thought I really was. And... Um, I'm not blaming them at all. I'm, I just know that's where it stems from. And then as the years went on, I became disappointed in myself that I didn't... Ach- all right, so I graduated high school. I graduated hair school, but it wasn't enough for me. I wanted to achieve big things. I knew I was made for greatness. And I, I, all the goals I had, I never accomplished. So I was disappointed in myself. So I started self-destructing. And um, it was easier to, instead of working at it, to just keep doing what I was doing. It seemed, let me rephrase that, it seemed easier at the time. Now when I look back, it's so much harder to be an addict than it is to stay clean. People say it's harder to stay clean. I don't feel that way. I don't. 
it was hard for me to crawl every morning to beg and plead a drug dealer to give me drugs because I was sick because I didn't have any money. It was harder for me to lie to my mom. It was harder for me to steal from my sister. Those things are hard things. Those things are, are, it's so much simpler in my life now for the last four years. I just am unapologetically me. I don't have to lie about who I am anymore. This is me, all of me, and if you don't like it, take a hike. You know? Um, what would you say to, like... I only have... If somebody were to be dealing with addiction right now and doesn't want to have the the ramifications of having to go to prison or, or jail as, as like, the, the, the paradigm shift... What would you say to those that may be listening and like, what, what, what's the hardest thing to do that you wish you would have did? What, could you have done it without that arrest? Like someone that's listening, like that may not have a beyond probation or this should like, what, what's some advice you almost, you know, hear my heart. Like what? Yeah. You're listening to this um, and you're like, fuck, I'm, I'm, I'm fucked up. But like, they're not going to call the cops on themselves and maybe they're not even really disrupting like. anyone's life. Maybe they're, they're financially independent, but they're fucking sitting in a room all day and they're, they're they know their life is spiraling out of control inside. What, what would you say being there? Go to a meeting, go to a meeting, go to a meeting. That would be my, if you're, if you're not, if you think you're not, ready for rehab because you're scared of it and you're, and you're not under any kind of supervision, get your ass to a meeting because everybody in that room has been in your situation. And if you know you need help, they're there to help you. All is you there, have to do is are there types, you don't have to say for those that are listening, is that pretty common knowledge or like, for instance, I don't know what that would mean, but they, you, people know what that means to get, find a find a, a meeting that absolutely okay, so that's AA or NA AA uh, is typically for alcohol NA is typically for drugs but you I attend AA um, and I'm I'm not an alcoholic I'm a drug addict but I prefer AA so it doesn't matter which but one just go just drive yourself to a meeting just go make the leap do it change your life make your life uh, better for all the things it's supposed to be like I know this is going to sound crazy, but I remember the last rehab I was in looking out the window uh, during a group one day and I saw a leaf on a tree and it was like it was the first time I was seeing a leaf like clarity is so important. I didn't notice anything back then. I didn't notice anything. I didn't care about anything. You know, I swore up and down. That I loved my family and didn't want to hurt them, but I proceeded to hurt them every day because I did love them. But I, an addicts are very selfish. They have to be because they have to just worry about getting their body and, and minds right because it's a sickness, a disease. It's the only. It's like an obsession. It's the only thing you can think about. So, um, you know. Are you with me? But uh, that's what I would tell them. Get to a meeting.
Yeah. Well, we did. We had a little glitch. Yeah. We had a glitch. I would say get to a meeting. Glitchy. Yes, glitch. Damn it. Listen, there are a lot of glitches in my life, and since this ain't nothing. <laughs> we lost her again. Yep. Ben. You're going to be an editing nightmare, you know that? I'm sorry, I knew you were going to say that. I'm sorry. What happened? Is it your phone ringing or something, or is it just the Wi-Fi? No. It, well, just now wasn't anything to do with my... Right, you just well, froze. Whatever, you're back. So, um, so the question was originally just, if someone's dealing with this, this lifestyle of addiction or misbehaving to some degree that recreate with drugs etc just get to a meeting and the and you were talking about which is beautiful actually the clarity and the experiences are almost like a newborn you're saying like everything just looks different and feels good and 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 yeah. all of a sudden the substance of light where where right now on a personal note just because all these the questions that i'm asking you are genuinely from my heart to yours anyways because i love you so much what do you what are some of the things that you deal with now that are like scary is it scary for you that like you can can you can you and I go grab a drink and you not be tempted to get super fucked up or are you like where what what are some things that you're like can't do won't do and maybe will change as you grow older but 
are there some things you just can't do because of, or are you like, where are you at with that? Like, let's, let's just call it recreational misbehaving, you know, like. Right. Um, so the only thing I would tell you that I could possibly do is have a glass of wine. Um, that is not something that, uh, you know, that I fear. You know, I, uh, I truly believe it's not anything that will take me anywhere else. But I don't let myself drive by certain okay. places because they're triggers for me. Um, I do. I no longer hang out with people that I used to hang out with years ago because they're not conducive right. to my recovery. Um, and I let everybody know who I'm with that, uh, you know, when I go out places, okay. I let them know. Everybody knows. Uh, there's not. I used to be afraid of telling people I was an addict. I am. That is the least thing I'm afraid of. I am an addict through and through. There is not. I'm an addict in recovery, okay. though. I'm not um, an active addiction. However, I let everybody know what my story is, and if you party, you and I can't hang out. I'm not. I have nothing against you. Do you? Um, I truly believe there are people that can use drugs recreationally, um, like blow on a Friday night and then not think about it again for six months. But I can't even have that around me because, um, I would be lying if I said that, um, I'm stronger than addiction is. Um, but I make the right choices today to not put myself in those situations to not even be Hmm. tempted. Yet again, why I'm proud of you. Um, and I, I guess from what I know and my my little experience with that situation is it seems like you pretty much have to always be okay with, like you said it a few times and you seem to be okay with it, which I'm proud of you for, but I, being able to say that I'm an addict, right? Like, is that like one of those things they say is hard to finally accept and say is like... Ex- Absolutely. It took me a very long time. And there are, uh, you know, other than a meeting, you know, you, that's the beginning steps. You have to find out who you are. Who are you? What do you like? What do you enjoy? Or, you know, what are the, what, what are the things that are going to keep you from going back to that lifestyle? Whatever those things are, you need to practice them daily. Like, one of my things was always boredom. I get bored very fast. Um, I'm a Gemini, you know, so I constantly am changing my mind about things. Um, And back then, I didn't think it was a problem. Now, when I think I'm ready to change my mind, I really sit down and think about the situation before I make a move because I'm an instant gratification person. And... um, Today, I slow myself down to, to decide what's going to be the best move for me. Is that going to be good for me? You know, um, today I have an amazing uh, relationship with my family. I'm in a happy, healthy relationship with a man that I have probably never been in love with another man the way I am with him. Um, I keep myself busy on the daily and I do things that are good for Paula. Um, even though they say you're selfish when you're an addict, you're always worried about everybody else. 
that was my problem. You know what I mean? Like, um, my mom was in um, remission until this year, and uh, my mom, uh, her cancer came back. And instead of running like I did last time, it was an opportunity for me to stand up to the plate and be there for her this time around. Don't get me wrong, there are days where I cry about it, you know? But um, I try my best to not let her see my weakness. And when I feel like I'm having a moment of weakness, I do something about it right then and there. One of my, I know this is going to sound cliche, but one of my favorite sayings in AA is move a muscle, change a thought. And that really works for me. If I have a moment where I'm thinking about doing right. something stupid, I do something right away to make sure that that thought goes out of my head. So, um, Motion you know. creates emotion. Correct. Correct. Um, Good one, same Ed. thing, your phone, your phone broke up earlier. You said about you never loved somebody like this before. I think you meant what you meant. There was... <laughs> Um, but no, I'm really proud of you. And it, it was interesting. It's been interesting growing up with you. Um, cause you're not the first person that I knew of that was dealing with what you were dealing with, but it, you're the first person that I ever loved the way I loved somebody and it had happened to them. And it was very, it was very weird. It was very, um, I won't bullshit you and say I lost sleep over it because you, you do, I'm probably guilty as a thick-headed Italian that I hope you didn't feel that I had turned my back on you, but because I don't know how to deal with that very well, I wanted to I wanted to right. shake you, you know, and, and not saying that that was right, but I, know. I, I was, it's interesting because they say when you're, I don't know what they, like some of the few shows that I've watched growing up, like um, Intervention and, and those things. But how it affects the family and those that are around you that love you, it's a it's a family thing. It's a it's a it's an issue, and I'm glad that you're able to yeah. take care of it because, I mean, yeah, there's really the only two outcomes, right? Like death or death or imprisonment, um, which I think most people would rather be dead than yeah. being in prison anyway. So it's like they're two not two good outcomes, oh. but yeah. um, you did it, and you still have a lot of life to live. You know, and I do. Yeah. And a lot of people that I love and love me, I have a new nephew. Well, you already have a, you have a niece, right? Is it a niece? Nope. No, I have a nephew, oh. Joe, who is now that is one man that has. That's the real one. There's yes. no man that I love that, more than your him. phone's not breaking that. up for that one. That one I can yeah. hear clearly. Um, no, that's fair. But so, so, um, your sister's son, how old is he now? Three, two, four, one. He is three. He is three. And I have Christian Angelo coming in November, the day after Thanksgiving. And then technically Megan's twins are your nieces. I mean. Yes. You got twins. nieces. Yes. Twins. Yes. Which was beautiful. I remember. All these great yep. things going on, really. Uh, Grassi is really um, succeeding. Um, my mother is in treatment and doing Good. fantastic. Um, 
now I have a, a new baby coming, um, and my life is going good, and no one has to worry about me anymore, and I'm trusted. Let me tell you something. The first time my sister was like, go pick up Joe from school, I almost dropped dead. <laughs> you know, like, and don't get me wrong, my life was pushed back a little bit. I would have liked to be married. I would have liked to have a baby by now, but all those things will come when right. they're supposed to come, and I would have married the wrong men. If I would have, uh, if that would have happened, God had a plan for me. And um, I tell my mom all the time, and this goes for myself as well, God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. And that, my friend, could not be true. Well, it's one of the many reasons why I've always loved you and admired you. You're different. Thank and you, you. Um, you're strong. And it's it's been amazing watching you grow up, as I'm sure, you know, we've grown up together. And it's been interesting. It's, and I'm very happy for you. What's on the horizon geographically? Are you staying in the... Uh-oh, sorry. This guy. Um, okay. Um. I'll let... I'm going to mute. Where are you planning on moving geographically? Um, so my plan is to stay in New York. Um, I love New York. Um, I miss Florida because of the weather, but this is really where my heart is and there's nothing like New York. Um, my boyfriend's, uh, career is here in New York. Um, and like I said, I'm going to go, I'm going back to school soon for, um, KSAC for drug counseling and, um, you know, and continue to do hair on the side, but, um, I'm not moving when, it, uh, him and I are moving out in the next two months, but we're only moving like 15 minutes away from where I live now. So I don't know if you're going to be able to hear me, but are you still blessed with having your grandmother in the mix? Yes. The queen herself, the queen herself. Yes. She lives about 15 minutes away in an assisted living. She um, is doing very well. She's a pain in the ass, but uh, doing very well. Um, and uh, I, you know, she's a, she's a part of, she, she is us. Without her, there would be no Grassies, you know? So, yeah. How long, how long ago did she end up moving up there? My grandfather passed away right after Christmas, I believe, going to be, this is going to be the third year, God rest his soul, um, and immediately my dad moved her up here because my grandmother has, physically, she's 92 years old, she looks like she's I saw a photo of her, and but, we're very blessed with having both, I'm still, I still got my mom's parents that are same, same, same genes, the Italian God. rustic genes. And I saw your yes. grandmother at a photo recently, and I'm like, she looks the same. Thank I you. know. It's 92. incredible. 92. I'm, you want to talk about a miracle? I yeah. can't believe you got her up north. I can't. I know, I know. No, I know. Cut, there was no choice. Right. No one lives in Florida anymore. Um, this isn't you know? even for the this so, isn't for the show driving. per se because I just would ask this all these questions if we were just on the phone. But did they end up selling that house? That house was so right. pre- is that the, in the good for them? Yes. Good. Wow. Yes, they sold it. Well, yes. 
That's incredible. So she's sound mind, sound body, huh? 92. 90 to no. Her oh, mind, okay. she has okay. dementia, but very, yes, but not like she doesn't know who we are. Just like if I tell her something, she But she does know you repeat, and the family? Full blown. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. It's not full blown dementia. But uh, she's going to be around <laughs> longer than me. Trust me when I yeah. tell you. It's incredible. Um, I'm so glad that you guys are fine. Like, everyone's yeah. actually together. I saw a photo. Uh, I told you I was talking about you the other day to someone who I love very much, and I was telling them how much I love you. And I was like, look at this family unit. It's um, And everyone looks good. Your dad, Scott, he's still a stud muffin and mama. I was telling, uh, I was telling, oh, I was telling the person I go, because uh, they're in their own right. They're, they're, they're the hot mom of the of the crew and i'm like i i used to date right. the girl who had the hot mom and i'm telling you <laughs> and i was telling them how what a beautiful story that your mother and i and i was also i was using i, I was kind of tooting my own horn a little bit i mean i was a respectful kid to think about your mother would come and pick me up to go play your house you know what i mean at 15 years old you know like and i, I think about it i'm like well the reason why i was probably so blessed with having that capability is that i was respectful you know these and i don't want to get off sound like the old man right. today get off my lawn but these kids today i'm like i wouldn't come pick you up if you paid me let alone you can't even you know but what it, <laughs> listen when i have a kid they're literally let me tell you something my mom's like oh, you're gonna I'm get what you did to me oh no they are not allowed to be anything like me well, at all. <laughs> yeah, i don't know but your mom may be right on that one remember you know but I, I'll t it was what an amazing yeah. experience looking back on it and what a I, I was so I was lucky enough to have you as a as a girlfriend and a companion at the time and to see your, you know to get to know and your mom was to think about how much she made it a an effort you know we couldn't get anywhere and she'd come pick me up and bring oh, me there and the but yeah Vincent let me tell you something and I don't say this because she's my mother I say it because it's the God honest truth. She is a legit angel on earth. Legit. God sent her. For not just me and my family, but for a lot of other people. There is not one person in this world that tells me they have met my mom and they don't love her. She is the most amazing mother and just an amazing human being. And she is my biggest cheerleader, has always been my biggest cheerleader. And I don't know if I would be sitting here right well, now she's, if it wasn't for her. I, I can't and disagree with you. And I, she's she's always been fun and singing and dancing and having a blast and making the best out of everything. Yeah. And also, too, it translates even into your sister. Your sister, I wouldn't fight her if someone paid me either. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Sorry. I oh, did. this thing is going to go again. Listen, let me just school. wrap it up. I love you. Okay. I'll be in touch with you yeah. after. Okay. I love you more. Thank you for having me. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.